to be in his presence today. Amen. As the Bible says, in his presence is fullness of joy, right? Now, you know something that's interesting about the word joy? Joy is different than happiness. Happiness is dependent upon circumstances. Joy is dependent on where your heart is in Jesus Christ. It's not dependent on what's going on in your life. Amen? Amen. Uh, For a lot of you that were here last week, you heard the announcement that uh, the Lord really has spoken to my heart about uh, moving on. And uh, in that whole process, God has just performed miracle after miracle. Next Sunday, I'll be preaching and uh, sharing with you, actually Saturday night also, for those of you that maybe attend Saturday night from time to time, uh, just how God has miraculously placed this in place. Pastor Mark will touch on some of those things this morning, but it is uh, my indeed great privilege. And it all started about 10 years ago. I got a letter in my mailbox here at the church, and I had known Mark from being in Marshfield, playing the piano, and a, a ministry had uh, just sort of playing the piano. And I got, I got a little note in the mail that said, uh, Ed's moved to Tulsa to start a church. Do you need a Puerto Rican piano player? And, it, and there was a phone number. So I called him back and I said, really, my wife's a pretty good piano player, but, man, you really play the organ well. And he came over, and that began a relationship. And uh, I felt prompted to release him to speak. And, and, you know, the genie was out of the bottle. And the kingdom of God throughout America and around the world is going to be blessed greatly by Mark Gunger, your new pastor. Come on, Pastor Mark. Bless you, man. Stand up. Give him a great hand. (laughs) All right. Sit down. (laughs) They've turned it over to the Puerto Ricans. What's gone wrong? (laughs) Praise God. Well, good to be here this morning. This morning, uh, looking at Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 10. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 10. We read, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. I've been teaching out of the uh, Lord's Prayer a series on how to pray. What had happened is the disciples had come to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. How do you pray? And he says, when you pray... Pray like this. And that's when he started telling them about, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It wasn't so much what to pray, not that these were the exact words you have to just recite over and over again, which is fine to say the Lord's Prayer. I say it every day. It's great to say it together as a congregation. But that wasn't the point. The point was this is how you should do it. And throughout the Lord's Prayer, there are various points that are, are, are hit that's important for us to get. He starts out, obviously, with our Father, trying to get us to understand the concept that God is not some distant being way out there in space, and we're way down here, but that He's our Father. We have a relationship together with Him through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, and then, the fact that He's in heaven, our Father in heaven, acknowledging that God is way up there, and from up there, He sees and knows everything. We through life are kind of, you ever feel like you're a little mouse in a a maze (laughs) and you're trying to find out just where you're supposed to go? You know, God is over top of the maze and he sees the end from the beginning at all times. Every move you make, every turn that you take, he can see where that's going to end up. 
and because he loves us and cares for us if you're walking in faith he will sometimes open some doors for you say go this way you little mouse or or sometimes he will shut the door in front of you and it's like and sometimes we get mad and say well why did God shut that in my face I was going this way because he knows the end from the beginning he sees it right away he knows what's best for you and for me that's why when we come to him we can trust him say God I don't get it all but you do and I can trust you and when you start to do that God starts opening doors I'll tell you when I I started praying this uh, some months back and uh, I felt like the Lord uh, when I prayed Lord you see the end from the beginning it's like he said to my heart he says do you really believe that and I said oh yeah he says, okay. And, and from that time, all of a sudden, doors and opportunities, some would shut, some would open. And God has actually wound up with me here this morning as a result of all that time in prayer over these things. But we can trust God because he will guide and direct us. Then he tells us to say, hallowed be thy name. In other words, we should have an attitude of praise and thanksgiving to God. God is wonderful. And it's, you know, it's not just about praising God when things are great. It's easy to praise God when things are going good. It's not so easy when things are very bad. Are you hearing me? But when we have the worst times is when we should have the greatest attitude of celebration. Because in the midst of our misery, God's still God. God has not died. God does not look at your situation and go, Oh, I never thought that would happen. You know? (laughs) He can handle it. He knows what's going on. We can trust him. We can celebrate him. It's a glorious thing. James wrote, he says, My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into all kinds of trouble. And, and the word there is really the implication of, of a celebration, of a party. It's like when things are going the worst in your life, you should call up all your friends and say, Guys, come over, we're going to have a party. And they'll say, what's, what's the occasion? Everything stinks in my life and we're going to celebrate. <laughs> then he goes on and he says, now your kingdom come. He's trying to teach us that before we start praying about our own concerns, our own interests, our own desires, what we want, we need to be more concerned, number one, about what God wants and what his kingdom is all about. In fact, it is the key to getting God to take care of your interests when you put his interests first. We read in Matthew, the sixth chapter, this is when Jesus is giving the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking to all the people. He says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. You can see them in the malls, all the pagans running around, trying to find all their stuff. He says, your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you, see. By putting God's kingdom first, by God's interests first, is really how you get your interests met. Okay, so he teaches us to pray that prayer. And then he says... Your will be done. And that's the part I want to talk to you about most this morning. Your will be done. Sometimes we think, boy, if I, if I could just find the will of God, everything will be great. If, if, if I can just get in a place where there's the will of God, everything will, will just, just flow easily and stuff. But you have to understand something. The will of God isn't always as easy as you think it is. Sometimes the will of God can be very, very hard. Very challenging. When Jesus was calling his disciples Walking along and says, forsake all and follow me. The Bible said these guys left everything and started following him just like that. That wasn't easy. Can you imagine all of a sudden dropping everything in your life and going another direction? 
Your business, your work, everything you've invested in, everything you put your hope and trust in, all of a sudden just dropping it just like that. And that is not easy. It was not easy for these men. Sometimes the will of God is not easy at all. The will of God is not always fun. Thinking about Jonah. God spoke to Jonah and says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. Tell them all to repent. Jonah said, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I hate Nineveh. Stupid Ninevites. They can all rot and die for all I care. He didn't like these people at all. He didn't want to go. So he started running from God. Bible says that he got on a ship and tried to get out of town. They were no sooner out in the middle of the ocean when all of a sudden this bizarre, weird, strange storm pops up. I mean, all these guys were freaking out. It was so bizarre. It was so dangerous. It was so unusual. Even the heathens knew it was God. Man, when all the heathens know it's God, it's God. Are you hearing me? I mean, these people knew, whoa, whoa, this has got to be somebody ticked off God. Because I've never seen anything like this. And they started going around. Who ticked off God? Who made God? Who, which one of you guys ticked off God? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I don't even know God. Well, who did it? I know somebody did it. I know it. And they finally got to Jonah. He goes, yeah, it's me. <laughs> so what is your problem? So he wants me to go to Nineveh. I don't want to go to Nineveh. I hate Nineveh. Stupid Ninevites. And he said, what are we going to do? He said, ah, just throw me overboard. Kill me. <laughs> this guy, he's such a downer, Jonah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Not the cheeriest cat in the world, you know what I'm saying? Just throw me over and kill me. They were afraid they didn't know what else to do. So they took him and threw him over. As soon as they threw him over, the strange storm left just like that. Jonah thought, great, this is it. I'm out of here. All of a sudden a fish comes along, swallows him whole. That's a bad day when you can't even die. I mean, nothing's working for this guy, you know what I'm saying? And now he's inside this fish. It's dark. And you can imagine how great it smelled in there. And he says, what is, what is that? Oh, this is, ah! And for three days, I can't imagine three minutes. Three hours. This dude for three days is in the belly of the fish. Getting a chance to rethink his position, I dare say. <laughs> And the Bible says, oh, the fish came to shore and puked him up on the ground. Blech. Guess where he was? <laughs> Nineveh. <laughs> hey, oh, man. Nineveh, I hate Nineveh, stupid Ninevite people. So he goes around, he starts preaching at them all to repent. And I can imagine what a cheery sermon that was. You didn't really want them to repent at all. And they all started repenting. And it made him mad. Read the story. He got mad. He got mad because he preached, he, he preached they repented. He didn't want them to repent. He couldn't stand them. Boy, really had an attitude problem, I'm telling you. But sometimes the will of God is not fun at all. Sometimes the will of God brings great pain and suffering. And, and people don't get it. They, they think the minute there's pain and suffering, this can't possibly be God. Cannot possibly be God. If it was God, there would be no suffering and pain. But they'd be wrong. Reading out of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. I like Hebrews 11. They call it the the faith chapter. Great chapter about what faith is all about and different examples and stuff. And about the 32nd verse, the writer says, he says, what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Who through faith conquered kingdoms. Hallelujah. Kingdom conquering. That's got to be the will of God. 
administer justice, yes. Gain what was promised, yeah, yeah, yeah. Answers to prayer. Who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword. Hallelujah! Wherever there's a sword, I want to escape. (laughs) Whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign enemies. Women received their dead, raised back to life again. This is truly the will of God. I love this stuff. Others were tortured. It can't possibly be God, but it was. They refused to be released that they might might gain a better resurrection. Some, Some faced jeers. Some flogging. While still others were chained and put into prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. Sawed in two. That's a bad day when they're sawing you in two. This can't possibly be God. Owie, 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 owie. But it's still the will of God. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. These were also men and women of great faith, of whom the world was not worthy. Sometimes God's will can bring suffering and pain. Sometimes God's will will break your heart. Take it up, slap it up against the wall. Bring you all kinds of tears and sorrow. Sometimes people cry and say, it can't be God's will. It can't be God's will. It can't be God's will for, for Pastor Artie to leave. It can't possibly be because otherwise I wouldn't be so sad. No, still God's will. <laughs> Why are you crying? Because Pastor Artie's leaving? <laughs> no, no. I'm crying because Pastor Mark is coming. I just, I don't know. It, it can't be the will of God. But it is. We read how Paul in the book of Acts, when he was going after he'd been with the Ephesians and felt God was calling him somewhere else, they whipped, they wept, they wept, they wept, they cried. Bitterly. They were sad. Hearts were broken. But it was still the will of God. The will of God is hard sometimes. Sometimes God's will can go directly against what you want. Can't imagine it. What we want isn't the will of God. I got news for you. Not everything that goes through your brain is God's will. Not every desire you have is always God's will. Sometimes even good things that you desire, God's will will go absolutely against. That's why every plan that you make, every goal you set forth, ultimately God has the final say on it. Sometimes that frustrates people in churches. Because, well, you said the church was going to do this. And and then we were going to do this. And then we did it this way. And what's the matter with you people? There's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with us. This is called faith. This is called walking with a plan, but the plan is always subject to God's veto. God always has the final say. Indeed, your very lives should be handled in that way. To walk, well, I'm going to do this, and then a few years later, I'm going to do this, and I got my five year plan, and then when I'm done that, I'll kick into the 15 year plan, and I expect to do this, this, and that, and the other. In your dreams, 
James said, now listen to you guys who say, today or tomorrow we're going to go do this to that city, spend a year there, carry on business, make money. He said, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. In 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, you know, they always read these at weddings, the the love chapter. Well, at the end of the love chapter, he has this great little phrase. Uh, I'm going to read it in the King James. It says, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. In other words, he's using the analogy of things aren't so great now, but they're going to be great someday. Some translations say we, we look through a mirror, kind of a, kind of a poor reflection. You know, the King James, we look through a glass darkly, like, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. Have, have you ever felt like God was doing something in your heart, but, but you just weren't sure what it was? You ever feel like that? That's normal. That's normal Christianity. Sometimes people say, well, I know God wants to do something, but, but I don't know what it is. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Nothing. That's normal. And we look through and things aren't necessarily clear and they're kind of fuzzy. And Pastor Arnie says, you know, I, I feel like God wants me to move on. And I'm not sure what's going to happen with Bayside. Someone's going to take it over. I, th- I, th- I think it's Chad. Yeah, it's Chad. Chad's going to do it. Great, great. And then, and then Chad steps up and says, you know, I, I feel like God spoke in my heart that this isn't right for me. Oh, well, let's get a little closer. Uh, oh, yeah, he's got dark hair. He's not Chad. It's it's Joel. It's Joel. Joel's going to take it over. Okay, that's the next plan. And you get a little closer and you go, I don't know, he's got kind of curly hair. Wait, he doesn't have much hair at all. What? <laughs> it's Gunger. <laughs> it's Gunger. Who'd have thought? <laughs> you say, what? Well, you guys don't know what you're doing. Absolutely, we do not. Welcome to the family. It's called faith. We don't always see things quite clear. Not quite, quite sure what's going on. Sometimes it's absolutely scary because you can't see a puking thing. You're just completely dark. I got, I'd be happy with a glass, darkly. I got nothing. I got nothing. I don't see nothing. God says, take a step. A step? Yeah, take a step. A step? Yeah, take a step. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't feel nothing. I ain't stepping. You need to step. I don't know what's down there. I don't know what's down there. It could be a big hole down there. I don't know what to do. There might be snakes and stuff. Just take a step. Okay. Okay. Goodbye, you guys. Bye. I'm going to die now. Okay. I got to step and I can't feel. I don't know what's down there. Oh, it's okay. That's faith. That's faith. You say, that's hard. (laughs) Yep. It is hard. That's why a lot of people don't get it. They never get it. They never get it. But ultimately, every plan you and I make, every goal we set, every step we take, is ultimately subject to God's veto. The one who from heaven can see the end from the beginning and goes, nope, 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 nope. Don't go that way. You got to get this way. That's why the Bible refers to our status as slaves of Christ. We are slaves of Christ because the the master can tell us at any time 
His will supersedes our will. You know, even slaves, slaves, you know, they, they still had their lives. It was controlled, but they still could do what they wanted to do to, great, to, to some extent. You know, if you were a slave of mine and, and I said, where, where are you going? And he said, I'm, I'm going down to the mall with all the other heathens. And I said, no, 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 you can't. You need to go over here. I would have the right to say that because I'm the boss. You're my slave, see. The slave is a guy who has to stop doing what he or she wants because the master wants me to do something else. It's called slavery. In the natural, it's a drag. But in the spiritual, it's a great blessing. We are slaves of Christ. God ultimately has the final say over everything that we do. Everything that we say. Every direction, every plan that we make. I know all this year, I've I've had in my heart, you know, this crazy idea of going back to Bayside. And, and you know, looking through the glass darkly. I said, I don't know. I think I'm supposed to go back to Bayside. I'm talking to my wife about it. Talking to some close friends. And and I said, there's no way they're going to let me back in there. They'll call the cops. I don't know what's going to go. And... And and I had and I said and I said well, no I know Chad's going to take it Chad's going to take it and then I hear that Chad said no I, I don't think God wants me to do it and I'm thinking well wow well, this this is crazy it just kept bugging me it kept bugging me finally a few weeks ago I looked at my cute little redhead and I said I have got to go talk to Arnie because this is driving me crazy I need to go to Arnie and say Pastor I feel I should come back and 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 uh, be here at Bayside and and I'm going to tell him and then he can tell me no and then I can move on. Which is exactly what I, I told her. I said, I just need to get out so he can shoot me down in flames and I can just forget about it and move on. Because it was just it kept bugging me. And, uh, and she just looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> Didn't say a word. Uh, so the next morning, and I thought, I, I should call Arnie. I'm not going to call him. I should, I don't, uh. And then all of a sudden the phone rings and Debbie says, here, it's Arnie. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we start talking about stuff, and, and then, and, and I didn't know how to bring it up. And then there was this pause in the conversation. Which, and you have to understand, when Pastor Arnie and I talk, there aren't very many pauses usually. And uh, someone's always talking. And there was this pause, and I finally said, hey, you want to get together for lunch? And he goes, yeah, sure, why not? So we get together, and, I, and I'm sitting there with him just a few weeks ago. And I said, so, so what are you doing? He says, man, he says, I, I don't know. I just, I, for the last year, I felt in my heart, God wants me to move on. And, and I was going to have Chad do it. But then he said he, he didn't feel like God wanted him to do it. And, and I'm going, yes, 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 yes. And then, and then he says, but I got this guy, Joel, and, and he's going to come. And I'm going, rats, 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 rats. And uh, he says, and he got it all planned out. And he's telling me all this great plan. And I'm sitting there just dying. Yeah. And and then then he gets done, he says, but the weirdest thing, he says, I don't think he wants to do it. And then finally, I got enough courage, I went, you know what you ought to do? And I stopped, and he goes, what, give it to you? And I went, yeah. And he paused for a second. I'm thinking he's trying to think of a diplomatic way of saying, you're out of your mind. You know? And he goes, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the glass darkly. It's, it's you. I would have never thought it was you. And, we got to, and I said, God has just been opening doors. This thing has been so cool. It has been a scream about what God has been doing. And we are so excited to be back here. But all of this is part of the walk of faith. Walking out.
Trusting God. Trusting God. And, you know, and it's real interesting. I've, I've, I've talked to a few people. There's a few people I've, I've talked to over the last uh, uh, few weeks when I was first even thinking about this who had, who had just left Bayside. And I said, oh, why'd you leave? And they said, no, I don't know. He says, we weren't mad or anything. We told Pastor Arnie we weren't mad. And, we, and uh, I said, well, why did you? He said, I, I don't know. I just, we just felt like it was time for a change. It was just time for a change, looking through the glass darkly. And, and I'm thinking this morning, what, what, if, what if the change wasn't on their side? It was up here. You see? Maybe that's what this is all about for some of those people. They could sense, some of you I know have sensed, something's going to happen. What's happening? This, this is what's happening. And I'm telling you, I am so excited because God is going to do great things here. I want to see this church turn from a local church to a regional and a national church. I want to reach all over the country with this thing. Let's all stand together. We'll share more about that vision in the next few weeks about some of the things I want to see happen and it's going to be a scream. Next Sunday, don't forget, Pastor Arnie will be his last official service as pastor, but it will not be his last service. I will be having him come back. We're going to stay very connected and stuff, but this is kind of the service where he'll share his thing. Let's give him a great send-off next week. Make sure that you're here, okay? But let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. I want you all to pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I surrender to you this morning. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In my life. In this church. I freely choose this morning to be a slave of God. I give you permission to have the final say In all areas of my life. I put my trust in you. Amen. Hallelujah. God is a wonderful God. It's going to be a great thing. Walk in faith. Don't freak out if you're not quite sure all the steps. That's the beautiful thing about being part of a family of faith. Is we can help each other. Navigate the steps together. We're not quite sure. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Okay. Okay. I got it. I got it. And we can be there for each other. All right, let's be that kind of a family. Have a great day. See you all again next Sunday. God bless.